hard this church has for the last two weeks anyhow and we appreciate everybody in here that's working hard and we appreciate some that's just absolutely nearly slaving praise God and uh, <clears throat> but if we keep it up we're going to see the results it's raining today and water is coming down in that room over there like Niagara's of Falls it's not your fault we should have gotten a new roof on. The roofer didn't show up here Friday like he was supposed to. We would have tore it off, but I think, I'm not sure yet, but I think we're going to make enough money out of the Salina deal to pay for the new roof anyhow to where we can start taking care of the interior. There's no sense of fixing the inside till we get the water. Quit tearing it up. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to at least maybe start getting some things accomplished around here before school starts. I'll probably be asking men to come in and help me get these rooms ready to go for school. Plus 100,000 other things i got to do, plus 13 dozen churches out west are miffed at me and want to see my shining face and my hard working back and I don't know what else. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I love Jesus, and we're going on and building a church in Hutchison and having a time. How many of you believe we're going to do it? Amen. I know we're going to do it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to preach this morning on a very important subject, and uh, it is very pertinent this morning that you would pay close attention. It is only the church that is gathered this morning. And so it would be real good that you would take lots of notes on what you're fixing to hear this morning because it is something that is a demon spirit that gets a hold of people in the truth and infects them and destroys them. And that's this little subject of grace. Praise God. Praise God. We're living in a world that has tried to take the Word of God and take the bite out of the Word of God, the teeth out of it. And uh, I taught Thursday night on the sensuality of speaking in tongues, and you're not saved unless you do. Praise God. And because you do don't mean you're saved. That's a curve, isn't it? Hallelujah. You're going to have to make it all the way to the end to be saved. And you're going to have to interpret this Bible entirely correct. I'll tell you something else. God's ministering to me this morning about is spiritual people. If you're not spiritual, you're going to be entangled in the things of this world and destroyed. And I'm not saying you're going to run out there and smoke cigarettes. When I say become entangled with the things of this world, you think I'm talking about going out there and going, boozing it up and smoking cigarettes. Do you know that's the final end? That's not the beginning? The beginning is damnable spirits lying to you in your head destroying your faith and you receiving them that's the beginning amen 
And the only reason why they're getting a foothold inside of you is because you're not praying in the Spirit and destroying them. You got to get in the Spirit like you did the night you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost to destroy them. To get those lies out of your mind and your heart and your life. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm going to work on the grace of God this morning. Turn to Romans, the fifth chapter, reading verses 1 through 15. Romans 5, 1 through 15. You know, I feel like we need to pray for Sister Dean's little grandbaby this morning. That baby has burned terrible. I was over there a while ago, and, and the hide is off of it almost from the neck clear down to the waist where he dumped a pan of scalding hot water on him. I feel like we need to pray for a little. I can't think of his name, Andrew. Praise God. Let's pray for him this morning. Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord God, this morning to come into that home. Put the healing virtue and the healing angels upon that child and make that child complete this morning. Almighty God, through thy spirit and through thy power and through thy presence, O oh God, we know we have nothing else to fall upon except our God this morning. And we lean upon thine everlasting arm and trust in thee and know that thou art our healer and our God and I give you praise and I give you glory and I give you honor for it. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Through the spirit, through the power and the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Romans 5, verses 1 through 15. Praise God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand. Now, verse 2 is a very deep verse. And you will not get that verse unless you do lots of praying and seeking God. You can read these words and they probably won't mean much to you. By whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. If you're not rejoicing this morning, you don't understand what grace does to bring you before the throne of God to keep your faith. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. In other words, we are a people who should be happy and content in tribulation as well as in times of good and gladness and happiness. That's the part of us the world can't understand. I said, that's the part of us the world can't understand. How can they be happy when they go through all these things? 
Did you know almost every person I knew of stood still to see how Sister Elder and I would react when we lost everything in the fire? I believe if you act right during your real times of troubles, God will bring you out and do you like Job. He'll give you more in the end than you had in the beginning. But that's only going to come because you got faith in Christ Jesus. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he gave it to you and if he takes it away, it's gone. If he gives it to you, it's there. Hallelujah. You need to say, thank you, Jesus. Thy will be done. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the by the by the what's doing the work which is given unto us if you think you're doing anything great it's because you're ignorant there go I but for the grace of God all I am is a sinner saved by grace Hallelujah. Praise God. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the, the holy people, the godly people. Who did Christ die for? And most of the ungodly people, the most real ungodly people, is the one who think they're real holy people. <laughs> Whenever you get to thinking you're holy, you're not. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet. And while we were yet. Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. <clears throat> we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but the sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also in the free gift. For if through the offense of one man, of one, many be dead, 
much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ hath bounded unto many. Praise God. <clears throat> now there is a group of people who run around the world namely Baptists and their doctrine has infiltrated many people such as Jehovah Witnesses Mennonites uh, no not the Mormons they're so stupid and far off then <clears throat> Mennonites and Baptists and Church of Christ Church of God and all of them are preaching nothing other than Baptist doctrine. It has infected them and infiltrated them. All the Christians church, yeah, they preach that you're saved by grace, but they don't really preach nothing. The Christians church just a big society club. So is the Methodist church. So is the Presbyterian Church, and so is the Lutheran Church. They're all just big social clubs. <clears throat> so is the Catholic Church. Fact is, there's no difference at all between the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church, except the priest puts his clothes on different. And in the Lutheran Church, the priest gets married. In the Catholic Church they commit adultery and fornication downstairs in the convent the Catholic priest marries many nuns <clears throat> uh, that's true whether you like it or don't like it it's true now, I've got too many nuns that's came out of the Catholic Church that have personally told me what's going on down there when they tore the Catholic Church down in Salina, they took out all kind of baby skeletons that was buried in quicklime out of the walls. Nobody in town raised stink about it in Salina because Salina is a great Catholic city. And Catholics don't get excited about what Catholics do because Catholics know what Catholics are. Praise God. And they don't care. But <clears throat> that's the way it is. But the Baptists are people who claim salvation. Preach it hard and deceive many. And their damnable doctrine is such a strong demonic spirit. It has infected many churches as the truth. Because their preachers were so weak, they could not refute what the Baptists were teaching. But I'm going to do it this morning. I'm going to do it this morning, I said. Hallelujah. This Bible will take care of the truth. There's one thing wrong with people today. They don't know this Bible. If they knew this Bible, they couldn't be swallowed up with a bunch of garbage and trash. That's going to lead them off into hell. The Bible said the blind lead the blind. You know what that means? 
preachers who are willingly ignorant and don't want the word of God are blind. And there's people in this world who are willingly ignorant and don't want the truth. And they're going to follow those leaders and they're all going to hell. That's the ditch. Amen. I want the truth this morning. I wonder how many of you want the truth this morning. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. There are those this morning who say that uh, once saved, always saved. Now, if you sit down and you think about that real strong, sincere, in reality, you know that can't be the truth. Because there's angels in heaven who were created in heaven and who did heavenly things for only God knows how long, whom God got angry at and kicked out of heaven. And if God can get angry at angels in heaven and kick them out of heaven, he can sure get angry at people in church that do not obey him and his word and kick them out of his kingdom. There are two kingdoms that most folks don't know about. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of God. Somebody said they're the same thing. I beg your pardon. You haven't even come close to studying the word of God. The kingdom of God dwells right here on earth with us today and we're in it this morning if we're in the church. But the kingdom of heaven is where it says it is, in heaven. And you're not there. You're just in the kingdom of God this morning. Praise God. And you're not going to be in the kingdom of heaven until you have endured unto the end. Now, when you say endure, that means there's some endurance. Enduring. We have to endure these people preaching these damnable doctrines. It's not easy to endure something. Any of you ever endured some labor you didn't like? Endured situations you didn't like? Every one of you endures situations you don't like. Because every one of us, including me this morning, has family situations we can't stand, don't like, and we just endure them. We endure a bunch of damnable people every week. We just put up with them if you please. I just put up with a Baptist blowing off their mouth until I get tired of it. And then I start shooting scripture at them and blow holes in their little ship till it sinks. We need to know the word of God soundly this morning. Soundly. I said soundly we need the word of God this morning. Praise God. Now, 
Let us look this morning at the same time that Paul is writing in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter where I read. He also writes in the sixth chapter of Romans, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know what part of that verse they pay attention to? They act like the first six or seven words are not even in that verse. They start in for the gift of God. They leave the wages of sin plumb off of the verse. They teach you once in grace, always in grace. They teach you once you're saved, you're always saved. They teach you that you can't be lost. This is a lie from the pits of hell. If you believe that, you believe a lie. Amen. I don't care what you think. I'm telling you the truth. Fact is, I'm going to meet you at the white throne judgment and look you square in the face and tell you then, I told you then, if you believe that, you believed a lie. I intend to be some of the judges that sits on the 12 thrones in that day. So, well, what about us? If you make it, you're going to be. So, well, how can you make it? Now, because I've got a made up mind. Do you? Amen. I've got my mind made up. I'm going to make it. Amen. Them's the ones that's going to make it. That's got their minds made up. They're going to make it. I'm not thinking about backsliding or falling out or, you know, this and that and all these things. I had a boy tell me this last week that I don't intend to lose out with God and I don't this and that and I knew when he started telling me he was thinking about it he's not here this morning because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and when you start talking about those things you're thinking about those things That's when you need to hit that altar and pray till them thoughts are gone. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the wages of sin is death. I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Folks are easily deceived. Now, if you say that you're not deceived, you're lying. I have been deceived. I probably will be deceived this week because I trust some people that aren't trustworthy. And you've been deceived and you sometimes have deceived yourself. 
telling yourself you didn't believe something when you knew you did believe it. You're just trying to talk yourself out of it. Amen. But we need to realize that ourselves, our flesh, wants to deceive our soul. Amen. It's the flesh that's going to destroy you, not the soul. If you listen to the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, it'll save you. But if you listen to your flesh, it'll destroy you. Your flesh will tell you things ain't wrong that are wrong. Amen. But the Holy Ghost will tell you when you are wrong. So, well, there's a war in me, Brother Elder. That's good. It's when the war is over that the devil owns you. I want the war to stay inside of me. Keep resisting the flesh and fighting the devil and fighting the flesh. How many of you want the war inside of you? Hallelujah. I get tired of this war. Don't give in to the devil because it's the beginning of eternal damnation. Amen. Amen. Now, there are things that young people never look at. And some some, uh, senator or congressman or somebody's pretty smart. He said, I'm sick and tired of them putting this woman on the billboard sign, young and beautiful, smoking... Mrs. Slim's making all of the young people think it's a thing to do. Because he said the cigarette companies never show what happened to young and beautiful for smoking Mrs. Slim's. I believe that they're going to put up billboard signs what Mrs. Slims does for young women. They ought to show what it really does to them at the end as well as the beginning. That's right. Amen. Now the Bible said the wages of sin is death. I'm going to get into that here in a minute. But when you look at cigarettes, did you know there is a real strong trend on now to put everybody that smokes cigarettes in a corner and let them puff themselves to death? And leave the rest of us alone? The federal, the FAA come out this week or last week with regulations that there'll be no cigarette smoking allowed on any flights in the United States. Good. I never could stand the idea that I'm floating on 4,000 gallons of jet fuel and some dude back there is puffing away and we might have a crash. Do you know what sets jet fuel on fire? Fire. 
and you got 13 monkeys back there sucking away with jet fuel floating all over the place. And it's highly flammable stuff. They never should have allowed smoking to start with on airplanes. It's dangerous to your health. <laughs> but we've known and preached against it for 25 years. You know, we've told the world for 25 years to 35 years, I know, of what was going to happen from smoking cigarettes. And did you know them old-time Pentecostal preachers was laughed under the table, was scoffed at, and everything else. But they ain't being scoffed at today because God said my word won't return void. And they're dying like flies with lung cancer and every other kind of cancer. Did you know that heart trouble is the leading number one disease killer in the nation? Do you know nothing will destroy the heart like cigarettes? Cigarettes hardens the arteries of the heart. Now, what are you talking about, Brother Eller? I'm talking about the physical destruction of the cigarette. But if I can physically destroy you, then I can mentally and spiritually destroy you. And Satan knows that. And Satan tells you what will destroy you physically is okay and there's nothing wrong with it. And people suck that lie up and destroy themselves physically. But they don't understand that when they're destroying themselves physically, they're destroying themselves mentally and spiritually. You're made up of three component parts, whether you know it or not. That's body, soul, and spirit. And Satan's working on all three of them. Satan knows that. He knows what you're made out of. Now, <clears throat> the spiritual part of cigarettes is the hardening of the heart. Somebody said, well, you said the physical was a hardening of the artery. That's right. But the spiritual is a hardening of the heart. I've heard that junk for years. I've been smoking for 25 years. Hasn't hurt me. They say it normally don't. Until it's 25 to 35 years. It takes about 25 to 35 years. However, they say the young women, because women's lungs cannot take cigarette smoke like men's lungs, will start dying off like flies in this nation in the next five years. They said you're going to see lots of women with lung cancer in the next five years dying like mad. But it hardens your heart in the spirit. Sears your conscience. I know people who smoke cigarette and blow it in your face, especially if they know you don't like it. 
They have no feelings. They have no self-respect. They have no respect for anybody else. You know why they have no respect for anybody else? Because they don't have no respect for themselves. When a person doesn't respect themselves, they can't respect anything else. It's destroying the man spiritually as well as physically. There's people who suck cigarettes who are bound determined. Let me tell you something. There's people with AIDS that ain't going to be happy unless they infect you with it before they die. The damnable demons is what they are. Their spirits have been made sick. You know, some of us run around and say, oh, that's a nice person. You know what a, you know what a police lieutenant told me uh, just a couple weeks ago he said you know Rev he says we really got a problem in our nation <laughs> you don't have to be too smart to know that do you and he said we're finding out that some of the most well respected citizens that we've looked up to are turning out to be some of the most hideous criminals <laughs> you know what it's telling me is that bunch can't take care of it in their college you can't educate devils. You can't educate demons. This bunch think they can educate people past a demonic world, and you cannot educate people past a demonic world. Demons laugh at that and say, come on, take us on. What I'm telling you is, is you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you better get down here and be thankful and get to living in it and loving it. Because it's the only preservation that's going to keep you. You hear me this morning? It's the only preservative that's going to keep you. Nothing did for you got here. What makes you think it will if you leave here? I'm glad this morning I don't intend to leave. You're going to kick me out. I'm not getting out of church. Hallelujah. There's a lot of folks that's going to fall out because they don't love the truth. The Bible said so. It said they fell, they fell away because they did not have a love for the truth. Let me show you something about liquor. You know, I wish to God all of you had to run around with the preacher. If you all had to run around with the preacher... People will confess things to us they'll never confess to you. They'll go out and talk about me to you and tell you horrible things about me to you. But when they see me, they'll tell me horrible things about them. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? They're trapped. They're trying to cover up their tracks and trying to cover up for themselves. And I'm telling you something this morning. I'm glad the Lord Jesus Christ delivered me of that mess. It's a horrible life to live in sin. I like living for Jesus. I didn't cuss last night. I didn't smoke last night. I, didn't. I was in the world last night. Sister Kim had a problem. I went down there to find out what her problem is. I found her problem. She don't even know what it is. 
I stood out there and watched them people walk on that hose last night. I wanted to see why that hose was twisting up. I found out why it's twisting up. They step on that thing and rolled it with their feet. Praise God. I was out in the world last night where they was doing it all. I guess. I didn't want to see. But I don't think I did any sin last night. I don't know that I did one thing sinful last night. The most sinful thing I did was watch garden tractors pull a plow or a sled. And I thought, man, that's neat. I didn't know a garden tractor could do all that stuff. I didn't even know you could soup a garden tractor up like that. Soup up them nine horsepower Tecumseh engines. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do something like that. Praise God. But... Uh, I still want to be careful. I still live right before God. I may have something to really repent about before the day is over. You thinking about going out and sinning, brother? Mm-mm. Don't ever enter my mind. Don't ever enter my mind to backslide. Don't ever enter my mind to give up. You know something? That's so stupid. That's devilish talk. Give up. Give up to what? What would you give up to? That's devilish talk. People don't, you have to be insane to listen to that kind of talk. What would you give up or give in to? There wasn't nothing to give in to before you got here. What's there to give in to since you got here? That's insanity. I don't want no insane spirit on me. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Look at liquor. Liquor destroys your liver and your kidney. My mother's been in nursing. And you come in the hospital with cirrhosis of the liver, you most likely won't get the treatment you think you'll get because everybody knows that you're a drunkard and you're killing yourself. And really, there's no hope for you or help for you anyhow because what they're in there to treat, they're just treating you till you finish killing yourself because they can't stop it. And so here again, the devil's smart enough to make you crave something to hide from yourself so he can destroy you physically, so he can destroy you spiritually. Again, a man that, that does, or a woman, I've seen them both, that has a real horrible drinking problem, has no, no respect for themselves at all. They'll sit there and puke all over themselves and then sit there and talk to you like they're clean. 
Somebody said, well, Brother Elder, we, I've been in the world. I've been in the bottom of the barrel. I know what's down there. I'm glad some of you folks don't know where I've been. But when I tell you things, I'm not telling you something some preacher told me. I've told men you can't work on a night job and stay safe. And they think I'm crazy. No, I'm not. I tried it. Brother Grubbs tried it. I never asked Brother Grubbs for his confession. He come to me one night and he said, Brother Elder, I was real close to losing out. I'd been working nights so long. Hey, nobody can stay out of church and stay saved. If you could stay out of church and stay saved, why did we have to come to start with? That's why I don't want you men on them night jobs. Get on them day jobs. So well, we have to to start. You don't have to to stay. Keep fighting until you get on a shift that lets you in church. Amen. Praise God. You got to go to church to be saved. Amen. But you see, it takes. that's what Satan wants to do. If he can take our self-esteem away from us, if he can take our self-respect away from us, if he can take our faith away from us, then he's got us bound to him because we don't care. Hello? But I'm just saying enough this morning I do care. I like looking in the mirror to comb my hair. I get up every morning whether I'm going to work for the church or going to work on a job or what. Almost every morning. I missed a few the last two weeks, but I wasn't too proud of it. But almost every morning I get up and shave my face whether I think I need to or not. I know I need to. Right. If you understood what I understood about the animal kingdom. No, I'm not talking about the animals you're thinking of. I'm talking about the animals that go shopping at the mall every day. I don't want that spirit to get a hold of me. I said, I don't want that spirit to get a hold of me. I thank God he got me out of the mire clay. He didn't stick me down in the mire clay. He brought me out of the mire clay. And he set my feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. I don't want to go back to this zoo anymore. Had a sinner woman, got out in Salina. You know, down in Salina, them people still got some sense down there. Sinner woman comes. She's dressed in blue jeans and cowboy boots, and her husband was too, and her son too, and he's the only one that looked like he belonged in the zoo. It's an amazing thing that parents dress right but don't make their kids dress right. Right. 
You can always tell how much conviction parents has got by looking at their kids. Parents don't have much conviction. Their kids don't look like. I don't believe there's any difference in this generation dressing like the last generation. See, I didn't get any amens in here. It goes to show me what kind of church you are. There's no difference in the dress of this generation than there was the last generation. If we really believe what we say we believe, then we believe our kids have to dress like us. And the same standard that goes for mom and daddy goes for the kids. There ain't one for mom and daddy and one for somebody else. But they have to get it for themselves, brother. They ain't never going to get it for themselves because you ain't helping them. See, I told you sometimes I preach things I didn't think I was going to. If we're going to have a holy generation tomorrow, we're going to raise it today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now, perverted sex. You know... We can get ourselves in trouble by saying, well, all kids are kids, you know, they have to grow up. I don't believe all kids have to grow up. Like some of us. Let me ask you Babylonian something. Did God get you out of Babylon? Did you act out there in Babylon like you should have in the church? then why should your kids grow up like you did when you lived in Babylon while you're in the church? Huh? I don't believe my kids should court like I did when I was lost and undone with God. And I've taught them different. And thank God so far they've listened. See, we don't court like the world courts. Amen. Amen. I don't only believe in girls being virgins when they get married. I believe in boys being virgins when they get married. Praise God. Now, this sex things is demonic spirits. Now somebody says, well, it's natural to have sex feelings. It sure is natural. It's natural to have sex feelings, but it's not natural to go next door and have sex with her. And go on down the street and have it with somebody else. That's demonic spirits. That's an uncontrolled person that a sex demon's driving. 
It's normal to have sex feelings. But if you want to be righteous and holy, you've got to direct them feelings. Hello? I said you've got to direct those feelings through the power of the Holy Ghost. God will give every young man in here a good wife and God will give every young lady in here a good husband if they lean on the Lord. And if they go out and do their own thing, they'll get their own thing. It's hard to wait on the Lord, but it's good. I'm glad the Lord gave me a good wife. Where'd you get her at, Brother Elder? In a one God apostolic church. Hallelujah. That's the best thing I ever did in my life. Was get a girl out of the right place. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> this perverted sex, you know, Folks won't believe us. A lot of you young men have never been in the army. How many of you young men have never been in the military service? And several of you, see. Butch hasn't. He didn't hold up his hand, but he hasn't. <clears throat> he thinks since he married Linda, he's in the military service. Best thing that ever happened to him. Yes. Praise God. <clears throat> but if you was in the military very long, Brother Don, you would find out that venereal disease isn't something you hear about. Now, I'm not going to get plain in here and tell all you everything I know this morning about venereal disease. But I'm going to tell you, if you was ever in the Army, you'd find out venereal disease is alive and real. <laughs> I've seen guys roll around in a bed in the Army. <laughs> Looked like they'd been better dead than they was alive. Just cause they had to play the game. You know, I had the same sex feelings they had and thought I'd play the game. <laughs> and them dudes come back to the barracks and I took one look and I said, man, there ain't no way I'm getting myself in this kind of mess. I found out that stuff wasn't funny. I found out that stuff wasn't a story, but it was really for real. We hear things and we think they're stories and we think they're for real. You know what an apostolic one God Pentecostal preacher told me in California? And you, you folks think I'm way out and far out, but they thought the preachers that started preaching against cigarettes 25 years ago was way out and far out too. But I had an apostolic preacher tell me, when you get your food in California in a restaurant, don't never say anything about it, just eat it. 
don't never send it back to the kitchen because most of the cooks are homosexuals and could highly be uh, infected with AIDS and you make them mad they'll haul off and hock up and spit in your food and stir it up and did you know that saliva can give you AIDS as fast as anything you ever heard of in your life These devils don't mind killing people over their filthy lives. Amen. I'm telling you, this stuff is real. But you see, when, when Satan destroys you physically, he has you spiritually and mentally, when you get venereal disease, you lose all self-esteem. You can even lose all hope. If you got AIDS, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't really want you around here, but you better get in here and get saved. Because you sure enough is going to die. If you get infected with AIDS, you remember that Reverend Elder told you one thing, that if you ever get infected with AIDS, you are going to die. You just won't die as fast as a 38 will kill you, but you're just as sure dead. There ain't no getting out of it. And I'm going to tell you something else that's a big lie. Have watched us pray for people and God heal them. But there are some things I've learned in the ministry is that when God casts judgment on somebody over immoral sins, you don't pray it off of them. And I've heard all kinds of preachers get up and say, We they had AIDS and we prayed for them and God healed them. I don't believe it's confirmed AIDS. I know of a case in California, in San Francisco, where it was a confirmed case of AIDS by the doctor. And they got up and prayed for them, ran the aisles and hooped and hollered about the way God healed them, and they died 18 months later anyhow. You get AIDS, you're dead. AIDS is a sin God has put on this world for judgment where they wouldn't judge themselves. Now, it sounds like I'm preaching a sermon of despair this morning, but I'm not. Praise God. I'm preaching a message of hope this morning. Read with me in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 this morning. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 is a very beautiful place in the scriptures. Praise God. Listen here, he said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if that bothers you, then you're not saved. It doesn't bother me. Amen. Amen. 
Listen, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor queers, infeminate, nor abusers of themselves, nor mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. They can't get in here on earth, let alone in heaven. Now listen, and such were some of you. You know good and well some of us were. But you're washed. How was we washed? We was baptized. In Jesus' name. We're going to have to fix this thing. We were baptized in Jesus' name. Huh? We were washed. You were set apart from. Do you know that after you're baptized, you're set apart from that stuff? You don't get baptized and go back to it. You get baptized and go away from it. Now the Baptists will tell you you get baptized and go back to it. <laughs> Hello. Once saved, always saved. Once in grass, always in grass. Once in grace, always in grace. No, 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 no. You better learn the Bible. You better learn the scriptures this morning. Praise God. We're washed. We're baptized. We're set apart from that stuff. We're justified. How are we justified? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our God. How? In that He gave us grace. We found favor with God when we came and repented of our sins and was baptized, was washed in his name. Then he washed our sins away and gave us his spirit, the power over them sins, which is the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God is not some mental accenting thing that you accept and go on in your life of sin. The grace of God is unmerited favor with God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Picked us up. Washed us. Made us clean. Made us his children when we weren't his children. How many of you are glad this morning he picked you up out of the world and washed you with his blood and put his spirit in you and cleansed you through water baptism? Hallelujah. Thank God for the grace of God. In Ephesians 2 and 5 this morning. Read Ephesians 2 and 5 with me this morning. And then we'll go back to where I was in the book of Romans. But he said, even when we were dead in sin, he has quickened us together with Christ. This is exactly what the Baptists use, this very verse. But they use it totally wrong. Do you understand what he is saying here? Even when we were dead in sins. Do you know what means when we were dead in sins? We had no feelings towards Christ. Come on. 
We were walking dead men. We had no feelings against sin. We thought sin was okay. Hello? Anybody here this morning? I'm glad this morning that I'm not dead in sin this morning, but I'm alive in Christ this morning. Hallelujah. And he said here, even when we were dead in sin, he quickened us. He gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us his divine unmerited favor. Hallelujah. He, we found favor with God that he would take us out of sin and give us his power and his spirit. We're not saved in our sins. Matthew 1 and 21, And thou shalt call his name Jesus Christ, for he shall save his people from their sin. Not in sin, from sin. Hallelujah. You're not saved in sin. You're saved from sin. If you're not saved from sin, you're not saved at all. What were you saved from? You just mentally accented to some philosophy. I'm not preaching this morning on a religion. I'm preaching on salvation and an experience with Christ Jesus. How many of you are glad for the experience with Christ Jesus this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me this morning to the book of Galatians, the second chapter. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you know why Satan wants you to sin? So he can destroy your faith in God. Grace and faith find each other kissing twins grace and faith is identical twins to lose divine merited favor with God means to lose faith hello that's why Satan wants you to sin so you'll lose your faith in him in God not in Satan, in God. So that you'll lose your faith in God. Because he knows that if he can get you to lose your faith in God, you see, Satan will get you to sin and then he'll tell you God don't love you no more. He'll get you to do that which is evil and think that which is evil and then tell you God don't care about you no more. He is the swiftest, sure-footedest liar that was ever created because he's the father of all lies. 
Let me tell you something. If you're hearing a voice in your heart, mind, and soul that's, that's putting you down and destroying your faith in God, you be sure the devil's talking to you. You just be sure the devil's talking to you. And I would, uh, I would uh, highly admonish you to shut it up and get to reading the Bible and praying and get rid of that voice and start listening to the right voice. Amen. Because that voice will destroy you. Amen. It'll totally destroy you. You better get to where you're hearing the right voice. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now he said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now some folks are trying to make us think that the law killeth and it's bondage but that's not even what Paul was talking about you know what Paul was talking about all of these silly ideas that's come since Christ died on the cross you can't eat pork and be saved oh yeah you can't drink coffee and be saved You just can't drink Coca-Cola and be saved. That's what Paul was talking about, a bunch of silly laws like that. He wasn't talking about the laws of the Old Testament. He's talking about a bunch of man-made laws that God never even laid down. I hope you can eat pork and be saved because I asked the Spanish people in the church to make some hot tamales and I found out they're made out of hog heads. The good ones are. Amen. Praise God. Oh, somebody said we make beef ones too, Brother Elder. I don't care. Make beef ones too. Hallelujah. Some people like hog heads and some folks like beef. The ones that like beef will sell them the beef. The ones that like hog heads will sell them the hog heads. That way we can sell to either one of them. Hallelujah. And me, I'll just eat them both. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just pray over things and eat them. Because the Bible said anything that is sanctified and given thanks for is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if I pray over it, I can eat it. I can eat chocolate covered grasshoppers and they won't even hurt me. I'm not eating them creeping things. Well, if I've got some strawberry sherbet there, I'm sure I'll eat it instead of the grasshoppers. But if that's all I had, I'd eat the grasshopper. You say, why well, wouldn't? You know why? You ain't never been where you're hungry. They tell me in the foreign countries that a roach ain't even safe crawling across a hatch. Some little kids will grab it and eat it before they even know what happened to it. Carries germs, huh? So is this air, so you better stop breathing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm walking in Jesus Christ. I'm living in the blood of the Lord. I'm telling you the air that you breathe is dangerous to breathe in case you don't know it. But I'll tell you what, if I'm walking in the hands of Jesus Christ, I can just breathe freely. 
Hallelujah. So what if you do die, Brother Elder? It'll be a shortcut to glory. I'm going to tell all of you something. I'm going to serve notice to all of you something that don't enter your brain most of the days you wake up. And that is if you live very long, you're going to die anyhow. And you might die and not live very long. We prayed for a boy last Sunday night and he's already dead and buried in his 20s. Nothing says you or me will be here tonight. Nothing. Nothing says we'll be here tonight. Only God knows what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. So what's going to happen to you, Brother Elder? Who knows in the next 10 minutes what could happen? Heart attack, stroke. My God, who knows what can happen to you? One second everything's beautiful, the next second you don't know whether you're going to be here or not. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? Living in Christ Jesus is really wonderful. That's one thing that Andre Crouch wrote is really good song. Living for Christ is really wonderful. Right. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. In our times of crisis, we still have hope. In our times of crisis, we got faith. Hallelujah. In our times of crisis, we got something to live for. In our times of crisis, we got self-esteem. Why? Because we have grace with God. Why? Because we found unmerited favor with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You baptized us with the Holy Ghost and made us his dear son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whew. I'm glad this morning. I found favor in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me this morning in Philippians. In Philippians this morning. Turn over there to old Philippians. Read. Things gone crazy up here. Tell Brother Jack to get this thing fixed. Hallelujah. Philippians. Somebody get it and read it for me. Philippians 2.13. Praise God. For it is God. Read. Which worketh in you. Which worketh in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. For it is God that worketh in us. Right? Amen. For it is God that works in us. For it is God that works in us. For it is God that works in us. You know what's wrong with some of us? We've been in church for so long we don't think we need God anymore. We're doing this ourselves. We think we've learned how to do good and we don't have to pray. We think we've learned to do good and we don't have to read the Bible. We think we've learned how to do good 
and we just do this on our own. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. It's God that works in us. It's God that got us out of the world, and it's God that's going to keep us out of the world. Hallelujah. Somebody said, how am I ever going to get to be like you, brother, other, not believing all them things? Keeping your faith in God. Studying the Bible. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. When I tell you to pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm not trying to put bondage on you. I'm trying to put liberty in you. I can get you to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're not coming into bondage. You're coming into the freedom of the Spirit and the power of Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. I feel the power of Christ in here this morning. Wanting to help some folks, get them out of some, deliver them. You know, some folks sit in here like a sick pig or a dog or something. Just sit there and look at you. Go ahead and preach, preacher, and see if you could do something to me. You know, some folks can, things can get so dead you can't make them eat. I've had rabbits and cats and dogs that got so sick that when you tried to feed them, they wouldn't eat. And, and I tried to feed them anyhow. They'd die. I had a whole litter of puppies two years ago. I'd sit there and make them eat. They got, they got the parvel. And what you don't know about parvel is, is that a dog won't eat when it's got parvel. And it'll sit there and, and starve to death because it's having constant diarrhea. And it won't eat. And it dies. It dies. It dies. You ever get parvel in your dogs? They're gone. I spent $133 on the last puppy to save her, and she wasn't worth saving. That parvel done something to her. She never turned out to be nothing but a wild idiot. Praise God. I want to tell you something. It's not good to sit in church and hear the man of God reaching for your soul and just sit there and won't eat. Won't eat. Won't take nothing. Won't go for it. It's, it's bad. That's bad. You don't need to look around. You need to pray. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you what, it's God that works in us. It's God that works in us. There is no good thing in us. It's only God that works in us. I'm telling you, we need to quit bragging about our accomplishments and we start and we need to start praising God and praising Him about our accomplishments because if it wasn't for Christ, we'd have never did one thing good. But it's all by the unmerited love and grace of God we've ever done one good thing. Hallelujah. That don't put me down. That makes me rejoice in the knowing that he's alive and real and inside of me. 
Praise God. Amen. I had to have him to get saved. And it doesn't bother me to know I've got to keep him to keep saved. He's not that bad of a guy. Hallelujah. The whole truth of the matter is, he is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm glad to keep him inside. I'm going to kill some demon spirits, lying devils that come lying to you. Turn to Romans, the sixth chapter, and the first verse. There's some folks that says you can sin and be saved. They need to be saved. Some folks tell you you can sin and be saved. And I want you to read Romans, the sixth chapter. Paul says, what shall we say then? This is a question. Is it not? Amen. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Is that a question? Yes. What's the answer? He said, I'm telling you, absolutely not. God forbid. How in the world could you have the unmerited favor of God and live for the devil? Do you know when you're sinning, you're pleasing the devil? Then how in the world could you have the unmerited favor of God and be pleasing the devil? You think God and the devil love each other? They're mortal enemies. Absolutely mortal enemies. The devil is totally dedicated to destroying the kingdom of God, which is on earth. And God is totally dedicated to destroying the kingdom of the devil, which is on earth. And just who in the world do you think is going to win? You better know God is. And you better hope to God one thing, that when it all comes to consummation, you're on God's side. And I'm going to tell you, you can't live for the devil and sin and have the unmerited favor of God. Because God and the devil hates each other. Amen. Now there are lying devils out there that will tell you you can. But I want you to turn to Galatians, the fifth chapter, and I want to show you exactly who they are. They're demonic spirits out there. And in Galatians, the fifth chapter, it'll explain to you exactly what kind of people they are. In the fifth chapter of Galatians, he goes on to say this in the twelfth verse. I would that they were even cut off which trouble you. I, I do too. I'm a leader. And I see people being destroyed by these demonic people. And I wish to God that somehow God would wipe them out of the land and keep them from tearing you up. But you see God's going to try you out to see if you're his or not. And if you're not, you are going to be swept away. 
There ain't nothing getting in that city except what's beautiful and holy and dedicated to God. And the Bible said these fell because they had not a love for the truth. And I'm preaching the truth to you this morning. Now he said, I would that these people were cut off from you. Listen, for brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. As you see, we hear people say, bless God, I'm free. For whom the Spirit has set free, he's free indeed. I want to tell you, that does not mean free to sin. That does not mean free to please the flesh. That means free to serve God. That's what it means. A lot of folks use their liberty. I've noticed in times past, I've been paying attention to things since I've been growing up. And I've noticed some women cannot stay married and live for God in liberty. They need a man to abuse them and give them a hard time so that they can have something to pray over and stay saved over. Because if you set them at liberty, they won't even live for God. I've seen some men who had to have the same treatment. Most generally, the physical abuse of a woman is not what a man gets. They get the mental abuse of a woman that's nothing but a nag. Can't, a man can't do nothing right. She just sits there and nags, you know, all the time. It's real quiet in here. Ain't no men saying amen. amen. Hallelujah, except the single ones. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe you could do a whole lot more with your husband if you wasn't a nagger. Nagging makes me mad and turns me off. Well, I'll try to get off of that. I won't sit there and swing all day, okay? Praise God. But I've seen folks sit at liberty. God set them at liberty. They quit serving him because they couldn't, they couldn't handle liberty. They didn't know what to do with liberty. I've got a young man in this church right now don't know what to do with that. As long as he's under oppression, he can live for God. But you give him some loose line and he, he don't know what to do with all that loose line. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad I'm free this morning. I, I, that's one reason why I love living for God because I'm free and I'm going to tell you another reason why I'm free church it is good to want to be very conscientious and live for God very conscientious but if you sit around and listen to people and still read your Bible and pray and live unto God 
you're going to live in confusion and you're going to live in bondage because you're trying to please somebody else's conviction and the way somebody else feels about something instead of serving Christ for yourself. And I'm free this morning because I, I love Brother Westberg and this is on tape, I guess. Is this on tape? I love Brother Westberg. I ain't cutting it off the tape. I thank the world of Brother Westberg and he's my district superintendent and I highly respect him. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not living under Brother Westberg. I'm living under Christ Jesus. And that's who I'm serving. And if he preaches something, that's fine with me. And if he really believes it, I'm going to say amen. But just because he preaches it, no sign I've got to do it. I've got to live between me and Christ. Now, I'm not saying you can go out there and sin. That's not what I'm saying at all. Come on. Good preaching. I said, that's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, there's folks that says you'll go to hell for drinking coffee. I'm going to sit right down in front of them and drink coffee because I ain't going to hell for drinking coffee. I told you already, I could eat grasshoppers and go to heaven. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm not going to be bound up by your rope. I'm serving Christ, not you. Come on. There's some things that are sin, and everybody can't do that. But there are some things, you know, if, if Sister So comes over here and tells you, you got to pray three hours a day to be saved. You know why she's telling you that? Because she has to pray three hours to be saved. You might be able to pray an hour and be saved. You know why she's got to pray three hours? It takes two hours for her to get in gear. I'm telling you, I'm not going to be tied up by your rope. I'm at liberty. Praise God. But I'm not going to use liberty for a license to sin. Praise God. That's what the Baptists do and the Mennonites and all the rest of them. They use liberty for a license to sin. And take the grace of God lasciviously. And you say you shouldn't call names in church. They call our names in their church. They talk about us and warn their people about us. You want me to warn you about them or you want me to just let you fall in their snare and their trap? Huh? Do you want me to warn you about them and their lies? It, you know, it's real strange. I've noticed over the years, it's according to who's running down who, who's not supposed to talk about the other one. Bless God, you don't want me to put it on your filthy hide. You better keep your hide off of me.
Because if you think you're just going to jump up and box my ears all around and I'm just going to sit there and look at you and grin, you're crazy. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to take the word of God and make me look like a fool, I'm going to take the word of God and defend myself. And when I get through, we're going to see who the fool is. Praise God. Hey, you know God didn't just save us to be little old impy, pimpy things. He saved us to stand up for Him. Amen. How many of you know God saved you to stand up for Him? Amen. Hallelujah. I said, well, I got some troubles, brother. Elder. Just pray till you get over them. Just live for God till you get over them. Study your Bible till you get the power to conquer them. We all had trouble when we first started living for God. But we overcome them. Amen. Amen. How many of you have overcome a whole lot of things you had trouble with when you first come in? Thank God. Hallelujah. You just have to stay after it till you get it. Praise God. Now, in the 13th verse, you know how through the infirmity of the flesh I preach the gospel unto you at the first. Praise God. And my temptation which was in my flesh he despised not nor rejected but received me as an angel of God even as unto Christ Jesus I'm not going to go on in them things I'm going to go on to Colossians 4 Colossians 4 and 3 trying to get through here I need to it's getting late <clears throat> with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which also for which I am also in bonds I'm in bonds did Paul say he was in bonds what's he in bonds to Christ Jesus these charismatics are running around you won't get this out of the Baptists. You'll get this out of the fluky Pentecostals. Did you hear what I said? Out of the fluky Pentecostal Charismatics. Assembly of God. So, oh, that's bondage. You know what they're doing? They're using the liberty of Jesus Christ to sin with. Paul said, I'm in bonds to Christ Jesus. I want to tell you something. I'm in bonds to my wife. I ain't free to run around with any woman in town. She's in bonds to me. She's not free to run around with any man in town. It ain't bad to be in bond to one another. It's kind of nice, I think. I'm glad that when I go home and I'm tired and want to go to bed, I don't have to tell another guy to get out of my bed. It's not so bad to be in bonds to one another. You know, I don't find it terrible to be in bonds to Christ Jesus. I find it wonderful to be in bonds to Christ Jesus. Some of these no good for nothing perverted Pentecostals are nothing but reprobates run around and try to make you think it's terrible to be in bondage to Christ Jesus. 
And you tell them they're serving the devil, and they say, oh, no, I'm not. You know what's wrong with them? They're a reprobate. They don't even know what they are. Because they've allowed their conscience to be seared to believe they could be anything. And they ain't nothing but a fool. And it ain't even for Christ Jesus. You hear me? It's alright to be in bonds to Christ Jesus. You hear me? You hear me this morning? Look in Second Peter. You want to see what Peter said about these? Peter said they're going to hell. Don't run out of here and say, Brother Elder said they're going to hell when I read it out of the Bible to you. I said, Peter said they're going to hell. Second Peter 2 and 17. Listen to what Peter calls these people. He calls these people that run around and tell these lies, they're wells without water. Any of you try to get a drink of water out of a well without water? Isn't that very refreshing? Come on. They're clouds that are carried about with a tempest by demons. Wandering demons that's got to fulfill themselves somehow or another. To whom the midst of darkness, you know what the midst of darkness is? It's hell. To whom hell is reserved for ever. That's the only place I know of that you're going forever. Now listen to what Peter says about these people. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, buddy, when they come to you, they don't come like a devil. They come like a little sweet thing. They come to you like this. They say, oh, but Butch, don't you know that that pastor down there really doesn't love you? If he really loved you, he wouldn't ask you to do such things. Hello. They come with great words of vanity. Is that what it said? Read it. What's it say? I thought you was following me. Read. They allure through the. They allure through what? Lust of, fle- of the flesh. They're just pleasing their flesh, and they want to please it with you. They're alluring you not through the Holy Ghost. They're not alluring you with the Word of God. They're alluring you with their fleshly appetites. Amen. You hear me? Read what else it says. Those that were clean. Wait a minute. If you were clean, it seems to me like something must have got dirty. I'm telling you, you can lose out with God and backslide. They that were clean. I'm telling you something this morning. People who are backslid are not satisfied they're backslid.